thank you, Lori, for leading us so beautifully. Will you join me as we pray together this morning? Father, we're so grateful to have this opportunity to be in your house today, to worship you with our Christian brothers and sisters. And Father, we pray that uh, we will feel your presence as we worship you through the music and through the spoken word. And uh, we pray that lives will be changed as a result of what they experience here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us for worship today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to worship this church family. If you're a guest, we welcome you. and We thank you for choosing today to come and be with us in this fellowship. If you are a guest, there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Uh, there's a little bag at the end of the Welcome Center. Just take that. It has the gift in it, and it has some other information. I've already been able to meet some guests this morning, Patsy and Jim over here from up near Indianapolis, and we welcome them, and we welcome all of you who, who are here today visiting and uh, worshiping with us, and all of you who are just here every Sunday, we welcome you as well. And our prayer for all of you is that you feel God's presence as we seek his face and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Why don't you stand and introduce yourself to somebody you don't know and greet in the name of the Lord, and then we'll join in singing together. I know you most of the time. to be faithful. You join us. We sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
sing to the Lord a new song. You join us. We continue in worship together.
our son Scott in September of 2015. It was really hard on our whole family. It's I guess the hardest thing that I've ever gone through was to lose our son. About a year later, grief share was offered here at the Forks. So I started, I think I've done three now, I made um, so many new friends through this program and I learned real quick that it doesn't matter how they die, when they die, how old they are, we all hurt. It was so great seeing people come into our class who at the beginning didn't say much at all. But it was interesting to find out from the first week to the end of the 13 weeks how people began opening up and sharing about their loved one, uh, about their feelings, about how grief share has helped them. Do we get over the grief? No, we don't get over the grief. I will always carry this grief with me, but I do handle it better now. I still cry, as you can see, when I talk about Scott. But I really encourage any of you who have lost loved ones, or if you know someone who has lost a loved one, that you would look into this program. I, I really strongly urge you to do that because it has been such a help to me. That beginning tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, we will be offering Grief Share. It is not too late. If you would still like to participate, we would invite you to come and experience healing and fellowship, support, and love uh, from wonderful facilitators and leaders, as well as others who are going through what you are going through and experiencing but I'm so thankful that you're here today. What a beautiful day it is. Books of life, but we've all come to worship Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is worthy to be praised. And we have come to worship him today. And I'm so thankful that you're here. We welcome you. We welcome those of you worshiping online. We welcome 
He's already here, but we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. And every week there's an opportunity for us to pray, to come to this altar and kneel or to stand where you are to pray from your home or, or wherever you might be worshiping today and know that God not only hears our prayers, but he answers according to his perfect will. Some of you are here and, and you've been tempted to give up on your prayer. Don't give up your prayer. God's timing is perfect and God is faithful and he will bring his grace at just the right time. I promise. I'm a recipient of his grace at the right time. And I know he wants to give you his grace, his strength, and his power even now. So I invite you at this time, if you would like to come kneel or stand or put an arm of encouragement around someone, however the Holy Spirit leads, I'm gonna invite you to come. Let's pray together. Won't you come pray with me today? we pray together. Lord, in the words of this beautiful song, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We know that we're two or more gathered in your name. You promised to be there in their midst. Thank you that you're here. Thank you for the beautiful music that we've already shared together singing praise to you and acknowledging our need of you and, and the name of Jesus that we, when we don't know what else to say or how to pray, we can speak the name of Jesus, the sweetest name we know. And Father, this morning, we want to not only glorify and praise you and give you all the glory that you're due, but we pray for people praying at this altar and people praying from their seats, people praying from their homes or possibly from a hospital room this morning. And we pray, oh God, that they might feel your presence wherever they may be. Oh God, we've experienced so much loss in our church family in recent days. And Father, I want to lift up the Badgett family and the loss of Pat that you would comfort them and strengthen them, God, as they grieve. Father, we continue to pray for Chad Hill as he is in the hospital and pray for continued healing upon Chad. And we know, God, you can do all things. Father, we pray for others who are recovering from surgery and facing surgeries this week and we know you're the great healer and the great physician and we pray for healing in every way god we pray for susan herndon as she begins her treatments this week her radiation treatments we pray that there will not be bad side effects bless her and her family father we are grateful for being with Martin Serafini through his surgery and Marcia Cook through her surgery, and we pray for continued healing upon their bodies. Father, we just uh, continue to lift up Pat House, recovering from her surgery. And Father, we, we pray for, again, so many others who need your touch, people having surgery this week. Father, we pray for every person gathered here. Some are struggling already in a new semester with schoolwork. Father, bless them and may you give them wisdom and understanding. Bless their families. Bless the teachers, Father, as they work with them and keep them safe. 
Father, we just pray that you would continue to bless this church, this lighthouse on the hill, that we might continue to be a church hungering, thirsting, longing for you in every area of our lives. And Father, we pray for this country for healing and revival and spiritual awakening and renewal. And may it spread all across the world. Father, we continue to pray for Eastern Kentucky and the flood victims and families that have experienced loss. Comfort them. Father, we pray for grief share as it begins a new session tomorrow night. Bless Gail Bender and Karen Logden as they lead and bless all the, those who participate that your Holy Spirit might comfort and strengthen them. Father, we pray for the ministry fair tonight, that you would bring a great crowd of people who are wanting to connect with your church and with other believers and Christians. And we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would move in this place. And if there are those here or watching that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation for many. May Christians come back to you and father may you stir in our hearts that we might be radically transformed to be more like jesus we love you lord and we need you every hour every moment every second of every day and i pray god that you would just have your way through the music and through your word and through your servant and we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and we're just going to be reading one verse and then the choir will be coming to lead us would you be in prayer for them and our instrumentalists as they lead a verse that i know we've shared in past times but it's one that god laid on my heart for this day verse 9 of romans 12 love must be sincere hate what is evil, cling to what is good. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, choir, for that beautiful message and song. And thank you for being here today on this beautiful, beautiful Lord's Day. I always like to share a little humor. Maybe you all have seen this or heard this before, but there was a group of tourists who were visiting a crocodile farm. And as they were visiting this crocodile farm, the owner gave a very daring proposal. He said, if anyone would be brave enough to jump in the water and swim safely to shore and survive, you will receive a million dollars. Well, no one dared to move. And then suddenly, a man jumped in the water and he began to, to swim frantically as the crocodiles were in hot pursuit. And, and somehow, some way, luckily, he made it safely to shore, much to everyone's pleasure and, and surprise. And, and there the owner awarded him with a million dollars. And so he and his wife got back on the tour bus and they went back to their hotel. And, and as they got to the hotel, people were still talking about it. And the manager of the hotel said, man, I... I just can't believe it. He said, that, that was so brave of you to, to jump in the water. And, and he said, I didn't jump. Somebody pushed me. <laughs> His wife smiled. <laughs> and the moral of the story is, Behind every successful man is a woman who pushes him. <laughs> and my wife is the one who gave me that joke. <laughs> I don't do social media. Um, my two oldest children do, and, and many times they'll share with me things that they've seen or do or or here on social media, and this past week, my daughter Sophie shared with me about one of the latest, most popular apps on social media is Be Real. Are you all familiar with Be Real? The Be Real app. And the purpose of this app is the app asked its users to post an unfiltered picture out to the world, and the, the purpose behind it is that people would be authentic and not just post the best version of themselves. And once you open that app, you have a two-minute time frame to post that picture of whatever you're doing. And what makes this app unique is that when you take the picture, not only does it take the picture of the person in front of you, but it also will take your own picture. It does a frontward and a backward photograph. And throughout the day, you might get a notification that it's be real time. <laughs> and so yesterday I was working on my sermon and my daughter came into the bedroom and she did a be real photo. I was on the bed studying. Sophie was taking the picture, but Sophie got a double picture that she was in the picture over the bed behind us too. Okay, that's enough of seeing me on the bed in my office studying. But that's a be real app, a, a be real picture. In our scripture today, we see Paul writing most likely from Corinth on his third missionary journey to the church at Rome. And the primary reason that he was writing the church at Rome was to present the basic plan of salvation, to present the gospel. And what he wanted to make clear is this basic plan of salvation was both for the Jews and the Gentiles. As he observed the spiritual condition of all of humankind, he came to the realization that it's only through the saving power 
of Jesus Christ that any of us can be saved. It's only through Jesus. And he presented about his righteousness and his holiness. And this can be received only by faith, through faith. And Paul, in this particular passage we read today, we see Paul being real. Paul is being real about what it means to be a real Christian. Do you know what it means to be a real Christian today? Or maybe you're here and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus and you are not a Christian to be Christ-like. And I pray today that before this service is over, whether you're here or, or whether you're watching, that you would be real and honest. If there's one thing I've tried to do as a pastor of this church through the years is to be real. I've been real about that I'm not perfect. I've tried to be real when I've been hurt. I've tried to be real when I've been grieving. I've tried to be real about my heaviness of heart for people when they're lost or looking for answers. I, I've always tried to be real. If there's one thing I hope that, that people will be able to say whenever my life is over, whenever God leads me, is that people would say, we know, you know, none of us are promised tomorrow. And if there was a time to get our lives right with the Lord, it would be today. And to do whatever we need to do before it's too late, to know Christ. But today in our passage of Scripture, he says in verse 9, love must be sincere. We can say today we can begin to be real by our love, by our love. Now when it says love must be sincere, we can say love must be real. That means in some translations uh, that Love must be without hypocrisy. That we must have love that is not play-acting, love that does not have an ulterior motive just to get something we want. Love must be genuine. Love must be authentic. Love must be real. And Paul wanted to make that clear. We are to love fellow Christians authentically, genuinely, real love. We are to love other people genuinely, authentically, a real type of love. And there are so many passages of Scripture. We could be here all day talking about love, but you've heard me share it so many times. The first fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The first fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. That's the first fruit. That's the mark of a Christian. Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give you. Remember, after he just washed their feet, a new command I give you. You must love one another. So love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you Love one another. And then we see Peter writing in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, when he said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be self-controlled and alert. And then he goes on to say, above all else, love one another deeply because Love covers over a multitude of sins. How much grace and love has God shown you in your life? How much forgiveness has God given you in your life, in our lives? We can't probably even count the amount of times we've said to God, forgive me, I'm sorry. Forgive me, I'm sorry. But as we've told our children, when we repent and when we say, I'm sorry, we try to do the right thing and stop making the same mistakes. When we say, I'm sorry, that means with God's help and the power of the Holy Spirit, 
I'm going to stop trying to do the things I know I ought not be doing. And we know we are to love. That's at the heart of being a, a Christian. In Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, it's the heart of the greatest two commandments. When Jesus was asked out of all the commandments, which is the greatest one? Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. We are to authentically and genuinely love people, not pretentiously, not play acting, not ulterior motive just to get something I want. We are to genuinely love people. And not only are we to love people, but we are to show them that we love them. I, I've said that recently. We need to show them. We need to tell them. We need to, to model that. We, we need to embrace them. So many people long to hear the words, I love you. And some of you are here, and I've had people to say, that was something that was never said in our home growing up, I love you. And I've told you, you can break that cycle now. People need to hear it. And you need to embrace your family members, embrace those whom you love, because one day you may not have them, and you'll regret that I should have said it, and I wish I would have shown them. And I know some have different love languages. Some do acts of service, or, or some do embrace. Some are physical touch. Some are, are other things, providing. But, but I'm telling you what, it's time that we as Christians let people know just how much we love them. This past Friday, I went to make a visit over in Baptist Health, and you know what, I, I may have even forgotten to lift him up in prayer, and if y'all don't mind, I want to stop right now and have a prayer for George Southworth. Let's, let's pray. Father, I pray for George Southworth, who's at the threshold of his eternal life. And Father, I pray that you'd wrap your arms around George and Nola and their family, that they would feel a peace that passes all understanding and a comfort to know that they're not alone, that you're with them even in that hospice room, and that, Lord, that your perfect will would be done and that your timing again would be perfect when you see fit to take him home. Bless him, I pray, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. That's the problem. When I start saying names at prayer time, I'm in, I inevitably live somebody out, and so I don't want to leave anyone out. Friday or Thursday evening, I had gotten a call from Nola, Nola Southworth, that George Southworth, who always sat on that back row there in the balcony, is ending, is drawing near to the end of his life. And I got to visit with George on Friday, and we were able to talk. And you know what I was able to tell George? I was able to tell him, George, you're a good man. And I said, I love you, George. Thank you for being a faithful servant to, to the Lord and to his church. And I said, I'm going to see you again, George, one day. Because I know he is a committed Christian, a follower of Christ. May we not wait till someone is at that point before we let them know what they mean to us. May we be willing to go to somebody and say, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I love you, neighbor. I love you, co-worker. I love you, mom. I love you, dad. I love you, son. I, I love you, daughter. I love you, friend. I love you in the Lord that you would share your love for someone. Love must be sincere. No pretentiousness, no faking, no play acting, but it would be genuine. It'd be real. Be real in your love. But then may we be real in life. The second part of verse 9 is that love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Now, when we give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, there's supposed to be a change that happens inside of us. We are to be different than the rest of the We are to live an authentic, holy 
an obedient and faithful life. What does it mean to be holy? It means to be set apart. It means to be different than the rest of the world. Uh, let me ask you, would you say that your life is different than the rest of the world? Or do people even know that you are a Christian by the way that you're living, by the things that you're saying, by the places you're going? We read in 1 Corinthians 10, 32, Paul said, do not cause anyone to stumble. And then in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians verse 1, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Let me ask you, do you want your children or your grandchildren or your teammate or your classmate do you want them following your example? Do you say, do as I say, not as I do? That, that really doesn't fly. That it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than to cause one of these little ones to sin. Now, it could be children, young people, or it could mean young in the faith. But did you hear that? A big millstone was what they used to grind the, the grain with. And it said it'd be better to have that tied around your neck and thrown into sea than to cause someone else to sin or to stumble in their relationship with Christ. That's accountability, isn't it? And then Paul gets even a little bit more specific in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. He says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? He said, don't be deceived. He went on to say that neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor the homosexual offender, uh, nor the, the greedy, nor the curs, nor the slanders, nor the swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And it's on in verse 11 to say, and that is what you were, but you have been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been justified through Jesus Christ and through the Spirit of God. So in other words, you can be forgiven. But we are calling out that sin is sin and sin is wrong. And it's our job to love the sinner but hate the sin. Now, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm trying to be real. And I want always speak truth and love. We're never going to reach a lost and dying world by telling people how awful they are. The only way we're going to reach them is praying, living, modeling what it means to be an authentic Christian, not something totally opposite. We are to model for them what it means to be an authentic follower of Christ, understanding that all of us are imperfect. And I'm just trying to speak the truth in love here, but I, I, am, I am hurt and bothered when I recently went into a business that said, we proudly support pride. And it has a rainbow. The rainbow is a symbol of a covenant that God made with, with Noah and his family that the earth would not be destroyed by flood ever again. And I am just so, I try my best to please everybody, not to hurt anybody, not to upset anybody. And then you all probably saw it, two big billboards in Frankfurt of a couple saying, we're atheists and we vote. The Freedom From Religion Coalition. Can you believe that someone 
would have the, the courage to put a big sign up, billboard, we're atheists and we're proud of it? I'd be scared to death. Because we as Christians are to share with them the only hope we have through Jesus Christ and demolish. Look, we're living in a world, Paul said in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or spirit. We're to be changed. And look, none of us here are watching or beyond the transformation power of God. We can all be changed. And all we have to do is place our faith and trust. We're all sinners. You know what I've told people? Excuse me, I'm going to have to get a tissue here. If my wife were up here, she'd be saying, you got something hanging right there. <laughs> There's a bat in the cave. <laughs> but I have to tell you this. Now I lost my train of thought. Why'd y'all do that? <laughs> what was I saying? Do y'all remember what I was saying? <laughs> huh? Sin. <laughs> yeah. When all else fails, talk about sin. <laughs> but for years... I want people to know this has been a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting, not a club for the righteous. This is a place where people can come and be made whole and they'll be loved authentically, genuinely, and not judged or, or put down. And here's what I remember I was going to say now. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> We're all bent towards some kind of sin. Would you all not agree? Because we're all born with a sinful nature, we all have a bent towards some. Your sin may not be mine, and mine may not be yours, but we're all bent towards some way. But you don't have to act upon it. You don't have to live that lifestyle. You don't have to do just because, like, well, that's how God made me. Well, look, we're all born sinners, but through God's grace and power, we don't have to live a sinful life. Why do you think? When the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus said, you without sin cast the first stone. And I, we talked about that recently, one by one, beginning with the oldest, they began to drop the stones. And he said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Sir, no one. And then that wasn't the end of the story. What's the rest of the story? Now go and sin no more. Now go and sin. No, that means I've got to turn from how I was living, God loves me, he forgives me, and I'm going to start living the kind of life that's holy and pleasing to God. We are to, in our lives, be real in the way we love and the way that we live and be real in our longing. He says, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. In verse 21 of Romans chapter 12, he says, we must not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then if you would read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, it says, hold on to good, reject every kind of evil. We are to hold on what is good. What is good is our faith in Jesus Christ. What is good is his word. What is good is the power of prayer. What is good is his church. What is good is our relationship with our family. What is good, I pray, is our love we have for one another. What is good, I pray, is the life that we are living. Paul said in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So we must continue to do good even when it seems like we're swimming upstream and going against the flow. We keep standing for God's truth and his righteousness and his holiness, knowing that God will honor our faithfulness and he will bless you and bless me. 
I don't want anyone to leave this place today or anyone watching to leave here with anger in your heart or leave here with confusion. I want to be clear about this. God does love you and we love you too. But there's a standard as a follower of Christ that we are to live out in our lives. And there's accountability. I've told you the reason some people don't want to come to church is they don't want to be convicted of their sin. Because a lot of people don't think what they're doing in a crown of righteousness that God has prepared for those who call upon his name. I want to close by sharing, and thank you all for your patience with me. It, it, this has been a tough week. Um, had three funerals and visited with my friend in the hospital. And I'm not making excuses because God is faithful all the time. He's faithful and he's good. But many of y'all know this past Wednesday, we had the funeral service for Tommy Lippert that I shared last week at the end of the message about. And something I shared at the graveside with just a small gathering of family and a couple of friends is something I failed to share at the service. Many times I would ask Tommy, who's gone to be with the Lord, I'd say, Tommy, what's the good word? And he would say, Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, that's two words, but it's one name. <laughs> What's the good word? And he would say, shoulders back, held, head held high, Jesus Christ. There's no greater word or name we could share today. Jesus Christ. Do you know him? If you do, your life should be transformed. Did you used to know him? He hadn't gone anywhere. We're the ones that have drifted away. Are you looking for a church home? I'm going to challenge you all that. Why don't we have a little pride in our relationship with God and his church and get people back to church? <laughs> Let's talk about God pride. And talk about what we can do to get people to know Jesus, the people that we live with and work with and, and go to school with and play ball with and are in band with or, or, or go out with. Let, let's let them know that there's something better for them than they're doing right now. Out of love, let's show them how much we love them. And we've got to teach our next generation right from wrong. And we've got to model for them what it means to be an authentic, real Christian. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of real decision. If you're in this place and you've never given your life to Christ, it would be my greatest joy to pray with you so that you can invite Jesus to come into your heart and life. Maybe you're a Christian. Again, you've gotten off track. You've gone, you've gone with the flow instead of against the flow. Today, you can get back to where you need to be and ask him to forgive you and recommit, rededicate your life. Maybe you've been looking for a church. I pray this church would always be a church of authentic love, pointing people to an authentic and loving Savior. And if you'd like to be a part of this church family, we'd love to have you. But I'm going to invite you to pray with me at this time. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are people here that have never given their life to Christ, if there are people watching on live stream or Facebook Live or YouTube, Lord, that have never accepted Christ, maybe they could pray a prayer in their own words like this, something like this. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, maybe there are some Christians that need to pray a prayer of recommitment to say, I haven't been a very good example 
I use profanity. I, I have sex outside of marriage. I, I live with my girlfriend or boyfriend. I, I watch things online I shouldn't. I, I engage in things I have no business doing. Are we really setting a good Christ-like example for our lost friends and family members? And I pray, Lord, today, if there are people looking for a church home, we are not perfect. I am not perfect. I say it, I've said it almost every week for 24 years that I, I and we are not, but we serve a perfect God and there's no fault in him. And as long as you're looking at him, you'll never be disappointed. And if there are folks who would like to join a real church that's trying to make a real difference, in this real world, may many come today, and we welcome them with open arms. So, Father, move us, I pray, and help us to be bold enough and courageous enough to take a stand for the one who is willing to take a stand and die on the cross for us. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're watching online, feel free to contact me or us, and it would be our privilege to pray with you about your decision. I'm going to invite you to come as we sing together. Take my life, leave me, Lord. I'm so grateful today to introduce to you Andy and Faith Krause. If you all would come up beside me, I'm Andy, and uh, 
I have a couple things left I'd like to say, if you don't mind. Number one, I appreciate you all, your patience, your love. This is a wonderful church. I, I mean that. We love each other through the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, the hard times. That's, that's what family, that's what we do. That's what families do. You, you get through those times together, and then you embrace one another. You sometimes laugh. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we get our feelings hurt. Sometimes things don't go as we had hoped. But through it all, God promises to be with us, and he gets us over to the other side safely when we place our faith and trust in him and keep our eyes on him. So thank you all for being a real church, that kind of church that you're real. And uh, second of all, tonight we're doing something we've not done before. We're having a ministry fair. I'm excited. Let me tell you why. Down in our fellowship hall, we're going to have tables set up of Sunday school classes, small groups, ministry opportunities for you to serve in God's church. You can connect with people who are roaming around or people behind the table, people behind the table. You can fellowship with other people behind the table. This is going to be a great time. There's going to be inflatables for the children and the youth out in the back lot and Hoggy's ice cream truck Squeals on wheels will be here, and the church is footing the bill for unlimited ice cream for you and your family. How about that? Yeah. Huh? Some of you are going to come just for that. I know you will. <laughs> and it's going to be a beautiful time to just fellowship together. Christians just thanking God. It'll be at six o'clock. You can either come in the front and go down the elevator and the stairs, or you can park around the sides and the back, uh, even though some of the lot will be blocked off with inflatables. But I'm excited for this event. Be in prayer for it. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. I had a couple Wednesday that said, we're excited about coming to get connected with this church. And I hope you'll come and get connected. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. Thank you all, church, for being here. Thank you for an awesome day. Don't forget how much God loves you and we love you too. Bill, if you would lead us in a closing song. Y'all come with me. Father, what a beautiful prayer as we go from this place in our lives. May you be glorified by the way we live, the things we do, the way we act, the way we treat people. May it hold us accountable that are we bringing glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Bill. Good job. Thank you. Hey. I go to the doctor this week.